Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name's Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a motivational speaker helping people to live positively with the challenges of life. I've had rheumatoid arthritis from my jaw to my toes since the age of five. That's 46 years now, and in that time, I've had four hips, four knees, and two shoulders replaced, which makes me sound like a spider, and I've been hospitalized about 40 times. I stand about five foot one, hence the nickname Tutal. That's due to the heavy daily doses of the steroid prednisone that I had to take to fight my arthritis. Despite my physical challenges, everyone knows I always answer amazing when asked how I'm doing. I tell people that 80% of the time it's true. The other 20% of the time it's to remind myself that it's true. Find out more about me and this uh, interview at my website, Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. My guest today is Kat Downey. And uh, have you ever wondered about how much fun funeral pre-planning can actually be? Our speaker today knows the sense of accomplishment and peace of mind because since 1998, she's been a licensed funeral director and thousands of people have shared their sense of relief with Kat. Once you know more about funeral pre-planning, you'll, have a, you'll know how much a funeral actually costs and the emotional and financial benefits of pre-planning. And remember, there's no better time than now to know more about funeral pre-planning as it's about taking charge when you can, as death is an experience we will all share. We're going to talk about dispelling the myths of funeral uh, pre-planning, um, and it's an important topic. My mother is a retired United Church minister, has performed hundreds and hundreds of funerals, and I've heard her say many, many times how important it is to actually pre-plan these things to avoid uh, confrontation and conflicts at the actual uh, funeral itself. So welcome to the show today, Kat. Hi, Tom. Thanks a lot for having me on your show. I do appreciate it. Now, you must not be that popular at parties, I imagine, when you get to a party <laughs> and, you know, the first question people always ask, what do you do for a living? What do you and do? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet people all of a sudden find a need to go to the bathroom or go check on something and you're left standing there. You got there. that right. It's not a popular topic, but it's uh, no. uh, it's one we will all face. And after a certain age, uh, for instance, my father-in-law died recently and there was conflicts at the funeral about one side wanting this, another side wanting that. And right. kind of made it uncomfortable and not not as uh, honorable to the person who died as it should have been. And so it's I important. I agree with you there. Yeah. It, it's uh, important for the memory and honor of the person who died, um, for them to get things right and for their families not to be, uh, not to be uh, arguing at a time when they should be celebrating someone's memory. And exactly. So, so so important. Now, one thing uh, we're talking about myths here, and mm-hmm. one thing that I am confused about because I thought this was true, I thought cremation was cheaper than burial. Is that always right? Sometimes right? Mostly right? Mostly right, probably, Tom. It's a good question you've asked. Uh, many people do wonder and are of the notion that cremation would be cheaper. Um, But what people forget with cremation is the actual cost of cremation and a coroner must sign a cremation certificate. So in Oakville, those two things right now are around $625. 
I think the cost savings that people can realize is that with cremation, the body has to be in what we call a cremation container. Mm -hmm. It's a particle board um, box, and certainly that is not the price range of even an entry-level casket. So you're looking at around $250 for a cremation container um, versus caskets starting at, say, $700 and upward. Um, but I think with the with direct cremation, people want to have good value for the funeral they are looking at. But I think it's also important to remember, as you said, about honoring and remembering their life. And people can do that themselves. They have a big party or something like that. But the actual direct cremation is complying with the rules of the province that we have to do that in a certain order that when someone dies, they come to the funeral home, they're brought to the funeral home, the death is registered with the town or the city, the coroner is called and a cremation certificate is signed, then the body is put into a cremation casket and driven to the crematorium. Then the next day or so, go back, pick up the committed remains, and call the family. Hmm. So the cremation part, a lot of people can get their head around. But yeah. what I find, Tom, when I ask the question, what do you want done with the cremated remains, there's like, oh, hmm. Yeah. have not thought through that part. So that's something I would encourage people to think through, is what do they want done with the cremated remains? Because yeah. the funeral home will keep them for a while, but you could imagine after several years how many sets of cremated remains could be stored <laughs> at the funeral home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and back yeah. to your intro, and families do fight over who gets the cremated remains, and that's that's particularly sad. <laughs> yeah, you know, we yeah. have families who, well, I want them. Well, you can't have them because you're not the person who's in charge, and you know it goes on and on and on. Yeah, so yeah. certainly organizing things and letting people know what you want done ahead of time is the best gift you can ever leave your family. Definitely. Now, I've also heard somebody, probably my mom, because she would know these things, uh, there's some legalities of uh, uh, remains, cremated remains, because I know some people say, oh, I'm going to sprinkle them in a river or a lake or here or there, but... There are actually, I believe, some laws against uh, where right. you can or cannot scatter them, right? That's true. Uh, public property, you cannot scatter on public property. Uh, families can bury or scatter cremated remains on their own personal property. Uh, they could also keep them at home if they wish. Some people yeah. find great comfort in that, and others think that's very macabre and couldn't consider it at all. Yeah. You can involve a cemetery, or you can scatter or bury cremated remains on crown land. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so a public park. river, uh, like a Madawaska River, for instance, because I know someone dumped ashes there, that's yeah. okay? Not technically. <laughs> Oh. You'd have to be discreet about that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's public property, but it's not crown property. Right, right. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, be careful about, uh, uh, especially if you're pre-planning, don't uh, specifically mention putting ashes places where perhaps it might be illegal for the person to do it. 
I uh, hadn't right. even ever thought of, hadn't even ever thought of that, but I know there are some rules and laws about where you can do it. So best to right. be aware of those ahead of time. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Kat, I remember when my dad's uh, uh, second wife uh, passed away. He commented for weeks about how much paperwork there is and all the things he had to do after she passed away. And she passed away at the mm-hmm. home, so. I don't know if there's more paperwork if someone passes away at a home, but what does someone have to do when someone dies as far as notifying and paperwork and all those things? It can be quite daunting, Tom, and that's certainly another reason to have your important papers organized. Uh, You've asked a large question. I'll break it out into a couple parts, and, and we'll see if there's more that we need to chat about. Uh, When someone dies, the funeral home will generally notify the federal government. And this is important in terms of the CPP death benefit. Mm -hmm. If people have contributed to the Canadian Pension Plan, then currently the maximum death benefit is $2,500. The average that comes back is around $2,300. And it is payable to the estate of the deceased. So here's the good part, Tom. It could be considered taxable income in the year the person dies because it depends how much they've earned in the year that they die. The other potentiality for many people is a CPP spousal or children's benefits. And I really do hope people are listening to this because if the government doesn't automatically send out these payments, they have to be applied for. Mm-hmm. And the most the government will pay back is 11 months. Uh, one lady I know of, for example, she didn't work with me. I often help people close estate papers after. And the lady I'm working with had told her girlfriend that I helped her do this CPP death benefit and the spousal pension. And her friend said, well, the funeral home I worked with didn't do that. And her husband had died three years ago. So helping her with that paperwork, the government will pay back 11 months, but not 36 months. So it's important that people know that this is available and that it does require an application to um, CPP to do that. And especially if someone has a young family, there is a children's benefit that is paid up to the age of 18 years, and it's, it's around $200 a month per child. And then from 18 to 25, with proof of full-time post-secondary attendance. So this can be a fair amount of money that helps a family out in, you know, trying difficult times. Yeah. Other paperwork would be uh, closing off the health card, the social insurance card, applying for benefits and life insurances if they're in place. Mm-hmm. Um, any investments that may be triggered and moving over to a spousal fund. So yeah. there is a fair amount here. Like it's, it's all of our life, basically, that we have to close and cancel out. Subscriptions, memberships, affinity cards. Next time you look at your wallet, look how many cards are in the wallet. <laughs> you know, what happens <laughs> to air miles and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Those can be closed off and transferred over to a spouse. So oh, there nice. is a fair amount to do. Even with a well-organized estate and people knowing where things are and what's what and what's to happen, it could easily be a year and a half, year to year and a half process to close an estate. Holy cow. Yeah, and I'm not talking about tax returns now either because that's another whole 
VALA wax that you have to file uh, final tax returns, etc. So wow. yes, it can take some time. And funeral homes are, uh, I gather, they're a good place for educating people on all of this paperwork, or or what is the best place for someone well, who has I think, no um, idea? Yeah, um, there are executive checks. There's a checklist on my website if people want to look at that. LegacyMatters.ca. Um, but even that, people might not know what it is they have to do, like closing bank accounts. Is there an estate bank account? Was it a joint bank account? Um, what about the monies that are in that account? Are they to go to the spouse or children? Depends how accounts are set up. So yes, funerals are generally well versed in this. And uh, we like talking to people. <laughs> we like mm-hmm. helping them out. So that's a really good start to call and make an appointment, have a conversation about what do I do next type of thing. Nice. Now, uh, I am really big on people finding their passion and their purpose Mm -hmm. in life. And nobody, there's no Cat Downey at eight years old saying, I want to be a funeral (laughs) plane planner when I grow up. I want to help people with the dying process. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how, the Good heck did you, how the heck did you get into this field that, although valuable, oh, is not? Well, do we have the longer answer or the yeah, yeah, shorter? Well, tell us because not everybody okay. uh, would even be good at this profession, yeah, uh, or even want to pursue it. But it is so valuable as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, you mentioned about people at parties and. Yeah, they don't talk to you. They go and walk away and find something else to do. Or (laughs) they start into loads and loads of questions. So it's an intriguing profession. Prior to this, I taught high school. I traveled around the world for the year by bicycle and then came back and I taught at George Brown College in Toronto and I taught in the health sciences division. And I was thinking about being a funeral director. I don't remember when it popped into my head or how. And I have three daughters, so on returning from maternity leave with my third daughter, uh, something was different at college, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it. There's no internet at this time, so imagine that, no internet. So well, I phoned Humber College to find out how you'd become a funeral director and asked them to send an application package in the mail, which they did. And the day that package came in the mail was the day George Brown College laid me off. So I understand grief and bereavement from a non-death perspective. That wiped out my self-esteem and my sense of worth and my income. And when I had time to calm down a bit, I thought, okay, if that big guy up above wants me to go on and do something else, I guess yeah. I wasn't listening. So take away what I was doing to create the time to go to school for two years at Humber and become a licensed funeral director. Oh. And I'm still people say, Don't you miss teaching? I hear that probably every other day still, Tom. And I say, Don't miss teaching. I'm still teaching people uh to topic most people don't know about, so thank you for putting it onto your radio show. Because there are questions and people don't know where to start. And I do love helping people understand this is what you have to do and this is yeah. what you can do. Yeah, and exactly. Just, the, the nice to know the difference. Come what... down. 
Yeah, they're just so much more relaxed and it's a nice visit and usually there's some giggles about something, you know, funny stories or something because it's funeral pre-planning. People are alive and well. They're the ones who are looking ahead and saying, you know what, I want this looked after. I don't want to leave this to my family to decide. Yeah, and As exactly. you said, they don't always agree. And especially and, 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 the splendid families. Yeah, and if you have a, your own unique personality, like in mine, uh, no way I'm wearing a suit. Like, gosh, I only wear a suit if someone's paying me a lot of money to speak. So in <laughs> mine, I'm wearing like a T-shirt and a ball cap. And, uh, uh, you know, so it's important for people to think of these things. You know, why would you be dressed in a suit if you're a guy who never wears a suit? People are going to think, well, right. Doesn't uh, doesn't look much like Tom. We never seen him wear anything like that. <laughs> and so, uh, kind of important. All these things. What songs? My wife has songs picked out. She even has the people from our church. She wants to sing them. Um, nice. And so, you can go into some detail about what your wishes are. If you have favorite yeah. songs, uh, if you have someone you know that would do a good. Uh, what do you call that when you tell about someone's life? Uh, tell a the good eulogy? story. Eulogy. Eulogy. Those all yeah. those kind of things are open to while you said as you said while you're healthy, you're alive, you're not in uh, palliative care or anything. Why not think about them then um, mm-hmm. to make the funeral a celebration of your life, not a a battle over. Well, I think he would have liked to wear this. Oh, I think he would have liked to wear that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's yeah. the the relief for people. It is a celebration of life, and I don't want people listening to think I'm insensitive. There certainly are sad and tragic funerals. I understand that, um, and, and those are tough to work through. But for people who have had, <clears throat> when my dad died a couple weeks ago, he's 88 years old, and Tom, he was ready to go. You know, I've had a good life. Mm-hmm. I love my wife. I love my family. I'm tired. And, you know, basically I've had enough. And I get that too. I mean, Dad was ready to go and he went on his terms and we were able to be there with him and then do a service that helped celebrate his life. Amen. Amen. Now, it seems to me, because now I'm old, I get to go to, seems like I'm going to more funerals than weddings anymore. Uh, It seems like there are an enormous number of different ways... uh, different services that were offered than, say, 30 years ago by funeral homes? Because you could could be uh, in, what is it, where you are entombed in the funeral home. Anyway, there seems like so many options. Funeral homes are bigger. They have, everything seems so much uh, more availability for things that you can customize to your funeral. And uh, mm-hmm. so tell, talk a little bit about that because yep. it, it is just totally, you don't even have to have it in a church. A lot of them have little rooms or chapels, mm-hmm. memorial places. Right. Uh, I bet there are even some that could stream it. So if you're in another country mm-hmm. and you can't make it, you could probably watch a funeral. What are some of the things that are kind of new and different and, and give you lots um, of options? Personalization I think, Tom, good question. Uh, people, I think when people spend a little more time thinking and the effort of putting a personal touch on the funeral, like did they love baseball, uh, were they a car, you know, indie fanatic, um, mm. photo boards, 
PowerPoints are lovely. Any memorabilia that represents that person's interest is, I think, really great. Yeah. And people who come to visit, they say, well, I didn't know that about so-and-so. I didn't know they liked that. Or, yeah. Like there's some people have friends in different pockets of their life and they don't necessarily cross different friends' meetings. So you get to know more about someone. It's like, oh, that's really neat. I didn't know they were a track star, you know, whatever it was. Yeah, and yeah. Fraternal services. My dad was very proud of being a Mason. He had his 60-year pin. And he wanted a fraternal Masonic service during the evening visitation. And we did that. And my brother, here's conflict. My brother wasn't in agreement with that. And I said, well, this is what dad wants. And you don't have to be in the room. I understand how you feel. You don't have to be in the room when the Masonic service is on. And that's the way he chose to do it. But that was immensely meaningful to my mom to have all the Masonic men do their service. So not everyone is Masonic or, or the you know IODE for the ladies or whatever it is, but Knights of Columbus come in and do services for their, mm-hmm. for their members. Um, whatever it is about that person that reflects their life, yeah. I think is really important to do and share. I like that. So it could be like their favorite baseball jersey or hat or a fishing pole or... Because if you see someone in a suit, you worked with them for 20 years, you don't know they have a fishing pole and a favorite hat or anything like that. So that would be a lot of interesting and fun. So yeah, just personalize it. Themed music, big band music or swing music or jazz, whatever it is they really like. Um, that's really, well, family is working with this week, or at the end of last week. Uh, He really likes uh, Garth Brooks, so let's be sure there's some Garth Brooks music. (laughs) Very good. Good taste. Uh, Good taste. There is. I love Garth Brooks as well. And so, uh, yeah, so interesting, the different things that you can really think about when you're healthy about how you really want to uh, be remembered. Here's another one that so many people, uh, because they avoid the topic, they don't know the mm-hmm. answer to. And uh, I imagine funerals are like weddings. They can cost a little or they can cost enormously a lot. Uh, how right. much uh, range, uh, give us maybe a range on how much mm-hmm. a funeral costs. Yeah, good question. Uh, and I'm speaking about Oakville and Ontario because costs do vary quite a bit across the country. Um, direct cremation would be around $2,500 to $3,000. And that means you're complying with the rules of the province. There isn't any visiting. There isn't any uh, funeral service. Then the next broadband would be a memorial service or a celebration of life type of service, which mm-hmm. we were just chatting about. And you would be in and around $5,500 for that. So, you know, not not a whole lot of money to have the funeral home doing many, many things for you. And I have to go back to my dad again. I am a licensed funeral director. Everything was organized. Um, but I was still, I was exhausted, Tom. For the four days in between dad dying and the funeral, there was a lot to put together, like looking through 60 years of photo albums, getting memory boards done. I can't imagine people doing this from 
the start with nothing prepared. So that part of it was a big deal for me to share with people because it was still a lot of work. Um, so a memorial service would be around $5,500. Mm-hmm. And then if you went with the next broadband is what might be called a traditional funeral, visiting one day, a funeral the next day, with a mid-range priced casket, you would probably be around $8,000 there. And then, Tom, you can go, you can go to caskets that are $22,000 just for the casket. No. People don't do that. People don't do that very often. You know, in my experience, I've never had somebody pick that type of casket. And I'm yeah. absolutely on the same page with people. They want good value for their money. They don't want to spend more than they have to, but they right. want to know that things are done nicely. Exactly. Now, my mm-hmm. wife uh, has a question that uh, mm-hmm. came up last time we went to a funeral, and I didn't know. She, She's like, well, I want to be cremated, so do I have to buy a casket? Can I just lay out in a nice one and then be transferred to, like, a cardboard box for the uh, <laughs> cremating part? And uh, so the people, if you know you're going to be cremated, why would you have to buy a casket? Uh, you've asked a good question. Uh, what we have are called ceremonial caskets. So there's an outer hardwood shell that looks like a regular casket. Mm-hmm. It could be maple, it could be oak, it could be cherry. And then inside that is a second wall of, of wood, usually particle board or something, plywood, something like that. And that's called a cremation casket. So you have the utility and the look of a regular casket for the visiting and the service, but then you have the functionality of the cremation of the insert only. And many could say, yeah, you know, why am I going to buy a $3,000 casket and have it cremated, have it burned? I don't want that. But I want a nice-looking casket, something that looks decent to whatever people view is decent. Mm-hmm. And then the utility of cremating the cremation insert after the fact. But that's something a lot of people don't know. With cremation, the body has to be in something, has to be in a rigid, solid bottom, combustible container. But it doesn't have to be in the doesn't have to be in the box that or the casket you're laid out in. No, no, it doesn't. Nice. And the cost difference there is, you know, a few thousand dollars. Wow, yeah, and that's a significant uh, difference. So you can pick a nice one that you're going to be laid out in, but when mm-hmm. it comes to cremation, they take all the nice part away and just put you in the legal package that the government requires for you to be cremated. I like the way you say that. Yes, the legal package. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, now, here's an interesting one because uh, uh, we can't always control where we mm-hmm. die. So what if right. we, someone dies away from home, if, if they're close, if it's at a cottage a few hours away, okay, but what if you're traveling, you're in another country, mm-hmm. you're on vacation, anything could yeah. happen. What happens? Super when question. Yeah, it could be expensive, uh, I imagine. Well, it would be unless people know about the next part I'm going to share with you. Mm-hmm. We have a travel repatriation product, which is, um, lifetime membership, it costs $499 and change. You pay once, you've got coverage the rest of your life. For any what if that you just asked about, Tom, if somebody dies anywhere more than 60 miles, 
which is mm-hmm. also 100 kilometers from their home. Ontario's big. We can easily be 100 kilometers from home. Then all of the costs are covered to get the person back home. Now, wow. for example, uh, I was just working with a family in Scotland. Someone had died in Scotland, and they did want the body to come back home. And that's fairly close to $6,000 to do that. If you're talking Florida, you know, probably four to 6000 If you're speaking about more Central Europe or further Europe, like Asia, you're more like ten to $12,000 to get oh. someone back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. So the travel protection, people can look at the website or give me a call. It's, you know, it's enormously, it's a no-brainer if people are traveling. And something, things do happen. You slip off a curb and a bus hits you in Mexico. You know, just mm-hmm. everyone knows one of these stories, and it does happen. And the interesting part for some people is there's no health questions on this. Uh, one lady that comes to mind right now, she was 82, and she's still traveling. And she said, Kat, I'm not worried about being sick, because if I'm sick, I won't travel. I'm worried about dying away from home. Well, here's your solution. You've got wow. this worry-free coverage the rest of your life. There's no health questions. If something happens, call us, and all of this clicks into place. Because there's so many levels of documents that need to be done when someone dies out of the country. It is quite a lot of work to put together to get someone back home. Hmm. Wow, I hadn't uh, thought of that. And so a lot of this funeral pre-planning is really being kind to your next of kin, your children, your executor, is being thoughtful. Uh, mm-hmm. Because really, if you die out of the country and it's going to be like $8,000 to bring you home, you really want your kids having to pay eight grand to bring you home? Like, uh, mm-hmm. So when you consider all these things and take time with someone like yourself to go through all these possibilities, uh, really you're you're really being very kind to the people that are going to have to put together the ceremony mm-hmm. afterwards, right? Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Imagine not everyone could afford, yeah, here's my credit card, eight grand, ship my mom yeah. back home. Um, and you don't want your family having to be in distress about getting your body home if it if you're somewhere else when it happens. Yeah. Uh, I can share a story a friend I knew from networking uh, called me. She and her dad had traveled to Bosnia, and she called me from Bosnia in tears that her dad was dying, and could she now buy the travel protection because she knew he didn't want to be cremated. He wanted to be buried back here in Canada. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't sell it to her because she was already on that trip. You know, And the distress for her, and my heart's aching hearing her thought, Kat, I thought of it before we went, but I didn't do it. So that family did have to cremate her dad because it is less money. But now they also have to live with the fact that they weren't able to fulfill his wishes the way he wanted. And that stays with people. That would stay with someone. That's the final wish. And that would stay with people a long time, I imagine, would be in someone's conscience for the rest of their life. And so yeah. better to sit down with someone like yourself and explore every possibility uh, to 
be sure that you're you're doing things properly. And mm-hmm. even these things, I hadn't even thought of how expensive when you die from home, and and so so important. Now, where do you get a? What is the trigger that causes people to say, "All right, God, let's sit down and talk about me dying." Uh, Is it it going to another funeral of a loved one? Is it being involved in a a dispute or an argument with family members about a current funeral? Uh, What is the trigger usually where people Mm -hmm. give up and say, okay, I got to do this right because I I don't want to be a burden or cause fighting after I'm gone? Well, the first two scenarios you identified are certainly right up there. Uh, People have gone to a funeral. Um, One man shared with me that his partner friend died. It was a second or third relationship. And he knew that she didn't want a religious funeral, but because he wasn't legally her partner, he wasn't the person they could listen to. Hmm. So the funeral ended up having a very religious tone, which he knew she would not have wanted. So that Hmm. triggered him to raise his hand and say, you know what, I'd like to know some more. Uh, Sometimes people go to a funeral and they really like something, uh, a song or a a hymn or a reading or a poem, whatever it is. And I know people have like a funeral file. They just kind of put little snippets (laughs) in there. Oh, I like that, I like that. And that's not a bad way to start. That's better than nothing. Um, Why else? People think of it for years, Tom, before they come in. Uh, One couple I saw eight years ago, they wanted a memorial service. I'd priced it out eight years ago, the pricing. They came in a couple years years ago after the HST came in. Their mind hadn't changed about the kind of funeral they wanted, but the pricing had because the HST added 8% right there. So I repriced the same thing eight years later. And I didn't say a word. I just turned the page and the wife looked at it and she looked at her husband and she gave him an elbow and said, we should have done this eight years ago. <laughs> so procrastination costs money because the big thing that people don't know is you can lock in and guarantee the pricing. We have to lock in and guarantee the pricing for you. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, why else? Um, people's health changes. They get a scare. And yeah. sometimes it's bad enough that the doctors are saying, you know, get your affairs in order because there isn't a lot of time here. And as hard as that is to hear, it's still the gift of time versus someone dying suddenly and unexpectedly. That's probably a lot more tragic. Um, But getting your affairs in order can motivate people. Um, Mm -hmm. So lots of different reasons, but in the end... Uh, the sense of accomplishment and control is there for some people too. Like you said, I, I you know, I don't want to be a burden on my family. I want to do this thing. This is what I want, and I'd like it written down so that they know what I'd like them to do. And while we're on that topic, just the notion that things can change as well. Just because you set up the funeral and prepay it one way, it's not carved in stone that it has to be exactly that in the end. It might not fit. Um, for example, maybe someone dies when they're older and they had set up two days of visiting. Well, that doesn't make sense now because yeah. the family's smaller. So, you know what, we'll have one day of visiting or, you know, adjustments can be made because I think people think, oh, if I set this up, it has to be exactly like that. 
And no, no, it can change. It can be more of a funeral or it can be less of a funeral. Either way, it can be changed. So it's not set in stone, but at least you've done the brunt of the work and deciding mm-hmm. a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And that is the gift. It is leaving a loving legacy. That is the gift. I've helped thousands of people, and there isn't one family who has been disappointed that somebody prearranged and prepaid a funeral. Not Amen. one person has complained about that. You're managing the grief process for the next person. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. okay, let them focus on grieving, not on paperwork, administration, and uh, ceremony. Exactly. Exactly. Well put. Now, yeah. uh, here's another one, because uh, in this day and age, anytime someone prepays someone or gives them money, mm-hmm. they want to know, well, what is protecting that money? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. uh, how do I, what happens? You rarely hear of a funeral home going bankrupt, but uh, if someone pays eight, nine, ten, whatever grand, they want to mm-hmm. know that money is protected. Absolutely. And for some people, that's where the conversation starts, with, with every every right that it should be. So here's the rules of it in Ontario. Um, as of July 1st, 2012, the Funeral Burial and Cremation Services Act says that funeral homes in Ontario must guarantee the funeral work and the merchandise that is prepaid. Now, it can get a little more, when it's paid for in full will be the simplest way in terms of a general audience. So our rules say that the funeral home cannot hold this money. It has to be held by a third party which has a standard and poor AAA rating, and that third party must guarantee and insure those funds to $100,000. So when you go to the banking world and you see CDIC on the banking door, mm-hmm. it means that our bank deposits are protected to $100,000 each account. The same thing in the funeral world. The money set into a prepaid funeral certificate is the purchaser's money. It is not the funeral home's money. And it's held in a third party, which must guarantee and protect those funds to $100,000. Additionally, this money is earning 2% tax-exempt interest. So I have people say, well, I have money in a funeral account. My kids know that's what the money's there for. Okay, that's a good start, but why not move it into a funeral certificate, lock in and guarantee the funeral cost, Your money's protected and you're earning 2% interest on your money that you're not paying income tax on. So financially, it's a win-win for something that we know has to be paid for at some point. And the federal government actually is involved here too. Canada Revenue Agency, and there's an article on my website if people want more information. It's called Eligible Funeral Arrangements, EFAs. Canada Revenue Agency has said and mandated that up to $15,000 can be set into a prepaid funeral plan, and that money is guaranteed protected in earning tax-exempt interest. So people have their own certificate. It's their money. If they want their money back, they get their money back. Uh, they'll get a T5 for the interest that the money has earned. Wow. So that is a good question, and that's a concern for many people. You know, I worked hard for my money, and what are you going to do with it? Well, 
I'm not doing anything with it except acting as your agent to invest it for you in a funeral account. So, and we're inspected. The Board of Funeral Services is a self-regulatory body for funeral homes, and funeral homes are audited um, at random, and we don't know when we're going to be audited. And one thing they pay a lot of attention to is the prepaid funeral ledgers. Everybody has a ledger sheet, you know, when they put in the money, how much money is there, how much interest it's earned, and we've got a sheet for every single person. And that's how they're audited. So any monies that aren't showing in a prepaid funeral account is really serious for a funeral home. And there are a couple of funeral homes that have been closed down for other reasons in addition to not handling prepaid money correctly. So this is a big deal in our profession, and it ought to be, because we are having a lot of trust from the consumer and the families that I'm giving you this money now to provide something down the road. So it is quite an onerous commitment to make sure you're handling this money safely and properly. Yes, big concern for so uh, for so many people. Now you mentioned your website, so LegacyMatters.ca, L-E-G-A-C-Y-Matters.ca. Uh, right. And uh, you mentioned earlier you work out of Oakville, Mississauga, Brampton, Toronto area. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so LegacyMatters.ca, and I noticed on your website uh, a few things that ex- uh, I was going to say executioner, but we won't call them <laughs> executioner. Executors uh, kit. Uh, you have a few other things on your website, resources for people who uh, are thinking of pre-planning their wedding, right? Their wedding? <laughs> uh, wedding, funeral, yeah, yeah. Wow, boy, gee. You don't, well, be, planning your, don't be planning your funeral while you're planning your no. wedding. But uh, I no. saw the uh, executor's companion kit, and I saw uh, estate documentation uh, yeah. package as well, which, as I mentioned, my dad was mentioning for like a year how much paperwork there was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and people who contact me if they want to call, uh, or if they email, I have a DVD that's free to them mm. about how to talk about this with your family and friends. And they can call me at 905-399-5341, or they can request it through my website as well. And, and they can sign up for my newsletter. I uh, send a newsletter out to let people know different topics, just a small little blurb, and then upcoming events of of speaking. Or if somebody's wondering if I'd speak to their group, let's have a chat. Chances are very good I could say yes. Mm -hmm. And on July 29th, I'm speaking with the Rotary Club of Oakville. And thank you, Donna Messer, for getting that organized. Uh, Oh, the amazing Donna Messer. I interviewed the amazing Donna. Donna Isn't she something else? Yeah, her, uh, her interview is one of the most listened to, and the page I created about her is one of the most visited on my website. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very good. Yeah. I've spoken at that same uh, uh, Rotary Club, and as you said, if anyone, any Rotary Club member, Mississauga, Oakville, Brampton, uh, you spoke at our Rotary Club Mississauga, mm-hmm. the one I'm a member of as well, was very well received. Uh, we got a bunch of gray hairs in our club, so it's <laughs> something that uh, 
possibly they've thought of before. But uh, yeah, and you're a great presenter. So I know that organizations like Probus, Rotary Clubs, Lions Clubs, other organizations looking for speakers, uh, this is a topic that People may not like it, but they will not be able to avoid it forever. Exactly. So might as well have an informative, uh, you made it fun too, informative and fun discussion about it uh, if you're looking for a speaker. It's a great topic and uh, you make the subject uh, palpable for people. Well, thank you, Tom. Your Rotary Club was a lot of fun. That was... That was a good day over there. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so, so uh, there's other groups, there are men's groups or women's groups or church groups. Uh, and I can customize topics as well. I was just asked this afternoon, um, a church group contacted me. They wanted to know if I could help them about starting the conversation, which that's a great notion too. How do you start talking about this? Because yeah, yeah, this is yeah, one way what drink, you're doing you have here. Do you a few drinks first or <laughs> you do it uh, while everybody's hammered or you do it when they're yeah. sober, when you do it. So that's a good idea and a good thing yeah. resource. How do you bring up that conversation? And then they wanted to know about green burial options. So that's that's of interest to people too and that's becoming more momentum to have a green funeral. And wow. I think that'll be a blog shortly, so people need to look for that one as well. We'll do that. How well, about I so call much. it Going Down Green, Tom? What do you think? Going Down Green. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Tom, well, thanks, thanks for your time so much. today, Kat. I, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a tough topic, uh, but one when you examine all the benefits, you really, really, really need to talk, think, and put this down before it's In too rating. late for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tom, for bringing this to the airwaves, and I really do appreciate your interest in helping me get the message out as well. Keep up the great work. Have an amazing day, and remember, again, if people want to reach you, legacymatters.ca. Take care. There we go. Thank you, Tom.